Welcome to the Stay Tuned Podcast. My name is Anthony Canonico and I'll be your host. of the Stay Tuned Podcast. I'm sorry to announce that Christian Dukic will not be joining me again today. We're recording this on uh, May 2nd here, and May 1st was moving day. Uh, he's moving into his new house, and amidst the coronavirus, it's just, uh, you know, a little difficult to do a podcast while moving, while quarantining. So, um, that being said, we do have a really exciting this week this week. I got the opportunity to sit down for about half an hour with Twitter personality and rapper Lil Brick. And after that, I'm going to be discussing Lil Wayne's funeral. So enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. So we're going to get right into things today. Um, I am joined here by, as I said, Twitter personality and rapper Lil Brick, uh, who recently dropped his new single, Memory Lane, available on, on, stre- on all streaming services. Uh, so do me a favor and go check that out. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you want to introduce yourself to everybody. Yeah. What's up, world? Uh, I'm Lil Brick. Um Hope you're all doing well, staying safe. I know we're all kind of used to this lifestyle by now, it seems like. But um, I feel like, you know, the end is near, hopefully. So just trying to get so. just trying to uh, get through it day by day and um, see how the world changes after this. I'm excited to see that, honestly. I feel like we have some big things to look forward to. So I'm just I'm just like one of you all trying to get through this. Yeah, I think we're all in that same boat right now. Um, actually, one thing I wanted to touch on early was you're uh, obviously like a pretty prominent figure in like hip hop Twitter. I think. Thank you. But like everyone around there pretty much knows you. Like since even long before I really was a part of it, I, I knew of like Lil Brick from. Wow. Just word of mouth and whatnot on there. Um, how do you think that's like helped your career in that aspect? Honestly, it's what's made it. Um, yeah. If, if anything, even if, if you would even call it a career, I don't really. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's just like, wow. You know, um, because when I started off, I had no idea what I was doing. And I had no idea it would reach this point. You know, I had 80 followers in maybe like September 2018. So, you know, at that point i was just like okay where is this gonna go i'm probably just gonna meet a few people you know make a couple group chats and stuff like that so for me to be at this point it's really just everybody whatever they see and whatever i'm doing i mean that's what sometimes i have to remind myself like man like you got 4800 people that know who you are like that that's sometimes kind of crazy to just wrap my mind around and some some days still i'm like what do they see? What do they see? But hey, you know, I'm always telling myself, listen, like you got to keep it going because you didn't think that you would reach here. So who knows where you're going to go next? So that's what I just try to um, remind myself of. And in terms of the followers and everything like that, I don't really look at it like that. I look at them as people. I think that's how they should be perceived. I know sometimes we get caught up in the numbers and everything, but for me, the important part is I don't care if I reach 10K, 20K, 50K, 100K, as long as I have those people from the very beginning who watched the whole process and, you know, were there through the ups and downs. That's what I look forward to. 
the way you look at like all like these uh figureheads of like hip-hop like yeah. the the huge names your drakes your like mm-hmm. kanye's your kendrick's they just they're so like i guess once you reach that level it's, it's a lot different but they're on this like plateau where it's like they're they almost become their fans stop viewing them as like human right and it becomes they're these like gods that are like immortal and worshipped and it's just i don't know it's just it's a it's a very like genuine connection that I find a lot of underground artists build with their fans. And I think that definitely is like a huge aspect of it. Right. I mean, for like, I was speaking to, um, I've contact with Lil Wayne's social media manager. So I was speaking to him one day about, about that whole process. Like for a guy like Wayne, how much, how important is fan interaction for him? Like, does it matter at all? And he was like, no, not really. I mean, he might, you know, sprinkle in a comment or a like here or there, but everyone knows who he is and everyone that's pretty much always going to be the case. So if he told me that, you know, it's for you, fan interaction, fan interaction is the biggest focus that you should have because if people can identify a face to the name, if, if they can say, Hey, look, I know that guy one-on-one, like I've spoken to him before I know more about him than just the music he puts out. That's what's important. That's what increases. That's what creates longevity. That's what, um, you know, that core fan base is the most important thing. So, you know, like for me, I would rather have a hundred comments individually from people about what my song meant to them or what they felt about it than 10,000 streams and, you know, no one reaching out. I guess that makes a lot of sense. It's just, it's that like genuine connection that you build with people is so important, especially like in the early days. Um, you did just bring up Lil Wayne. I, I I mean, from what I understand, you're a pretty big fan of his. Yeah. Uh, would you say he's like your biggest influence? By far in, in everything um, beyond music as well. You know, I was eight years old um, listening to Wayne just because he was cool at that time right I was trying to fit in with everybody else at school I was trying to be you know I didn't really know much about hip-hop culture growing up just because being from a very different culture being from a different background um so at that time this is 07 08 and I'm living in the south I'm from Memphis at that time so he was just a god back then you know like the, the, the yeah it didn't matter if you were black brown white uh you know old young male female whatever it was you knew what he was doing you had your eyes on him so you know i was trying to be one of those kids at that time and then as the years went on and i started to get more into his artistry as well as read more into him as a person and he was going through certain you know, changes and issues with his career, with his life. I was just like, wow, there's a lot to learn here. There's a lot to unpack here. So I've just never grown out of that, grown out of that. I know a lot of people have. I know a lot of people have moved on. I know a lot of people necessarily didn't have that same experience that I did. But I feel like, you know, it's been 12, 13 years now. It's pretty much a lifelong journey at this point so yeah man for sure i mean i look at how passionate he is about um how he approaches music you know even now 20 25 years into his career he's still making 50 songs a night and that's not even an exaggeration right like it's just crazy how this is literally his life this is literally 
in his blood, in his DNA. So obviously, I don't think I'll ever be like that simply because, you know, he's had certain experiences and, you know, he's Lil Wayne. So, but that being said, you know, whenever I need some sort of motivation, both in the studio as well as outside of it, um, that's definitely who I look who I look up to. And I'm like, man, what would Wayne do either on this beat or just in, in this certain situation in life um just because you know i I, i've seen him come out of so much um as an outsider um so i always try to remind myself no matter what the world says be yourself express yourself fully i think that's what he's always done so that's probably my biggest takeaway from from wayne but beyond him um you know musically specifically um I've listened to everything in hip hop. I'm a little behind on these new um, era artists that, you know, I see a lot of people talking about Joey Badass and those guys. I need to catch up on them. But, you know, I've been in the genre as a listener for so many years now. I've covered everything from Scarface to Lil Uzi and almost everything in between. So, yeah. For me, being an artist now, I feel like I can learn from anyone. Anyone who's remotely successful, there's something there that you can take away from them. Um, but yeah, I would say my yeah. top five, if you want to ask me that, is uh, is Wayne for sure, number one. But then in terms of my personal favorites, in terms of who I've listened to the majority of my life, you would have Wiz in there, you would have Kid Cudi in there, you'd have Future in there, you'd have Nas in there. And then as a sixth, you'd have DMX in there. Yeah, that, that that's a really solid list right there. Actually, um, I, I don't see a lot of people actually talking about DMX that much these days. Yeah, uh, I just think because he, you know his peak in popularity was so so many years before I was even alive, almost. So even for yeah, he's a guy that you have to go back and listen to, and I think a lot of new listeners don't necessarily do that. You know, so. Yeah, you uh, you touched on something earlier too that I wanted to ask about. You um, you're talking about how you got into Wayne because uh, it was just what was popular around that time. Is that how you uh, got into hip hop as like a whole? I mean, that's what happened to me. I was just like in high school, I didn't even yeah, man. I I, I didn't love hip hop as much as I do now, but everyone was listening to it, so I just kind of started, and then now I'm so here. So my earliest introduction was in uh, the sec no third grade third grade our teacher used to play every friday dismissal i don't know why they picked this particular song i think it was just like a request by the by the class but every friday at dismissal she would play kiss 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 by chris brown um that was kind of our oh the week is over we're out of here you know that was kind of our celebration song as a class so I would listen to that, and then I was like, hey, that kind of sounds cool. Let me start listening to other stuff. So this is when Day and Night came out by Kid Cudi. This is when Amelie came out, um, and you just had yeah. bangers and anthems back then, like T-Pain, uh, you know, there there were just T.I. There were just so many heavy hitters, especially me being in the South. This is back when I feel like regions still kind of mattered um yeah that was all you heard you weren't anyone at school if you didn't have the latest you know Kanye or Wayne or 
um, you know, those or Gucci or Soldier Soldier Boy was huge as well. Many of what I'm saying is oh, like yeah. you had yeah. to know your game. You had to know what you were talking about at school back then in Memphis growing up. So that's kind of how it just started. Um, and I just developed a, fa- a fascination with the genre that never has really left since then. How big here. is like the Drake um, impact been? Like, I'm, I'm sure there's a very significant difference in terms of the appreciation for hip-hop before and after Drake in Canada? Like, as of right now, I mean, it also helps that I've become such a big hip-hop fan over the years, but, like, I can name, like, two Toronto rappers, like, Mm. pre-2013. But, like, since, like, 2015, like, we've had, uh, like, you look at, uh, not, like, huge mainstream names, but even guys like... uh, yeah. Yeah, like Tory Lanez is there, Killy's there, uh, there's some local guys like Houdini. Um, there's just a lot of, like, the city's really buzzing with a lot of talent, especially in the R&B scene, mm. I find. Uh, I mean, guys like The Weeknd, of course. I uh, feel like Tory that's Lanes, the great uh, Division. Right yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Division, Jesse Reyes yeah. is from here. So it's definitely, like, uh, he's he's had an unreal impact on the city. It's just... There was a, an article published actually last year that said, I think Drake is responsible for about 40% of the that's, city's income or something like that. Insane. Like, that's just ridiculous yeah. that a lot of rappers nowadays, I mean, back in the day too. Well, not so much back in the day. I feel like back in the day, people were more outspoken with their egos, but a lot of your modern day rappers, not, not the like new wave SoundCloud, but like the you know, mid to late 2000s generation, like your Wayne's, well, Drake's, Kanye's, those guys, they, I think they like, not in any negative way, but there's like this like fake layer of like humble that they carry around with Mm -hmm. them. Like they feign humbleness. But I think on the surface, they're all, you know, have these over a grand sense of egos. And I mean, respect to them. Definitely. I feel like you need that to succeed and to reach that level but um another thing i wanted to kind of kind of on a similar note is i feel like the competitiveness is way down from what i remember it being in the 2000s like back then if you took a shot at somebody you took a shot at somebody you know there was a lot there was a lot more value to what someone said on record and now you know, obviously you have those beefs and everything, but you ask me, like, come on, it's social media era. These guys all have their numbers. You don't think they're texting each other like, hey, you say this and I'll respond with this and then you can tweet this. And then, you know, I feel like a lot of that has got to be going on. Like this like recent oh, Uzi sure. Cardi thing. I mean, I haven't read I, into I, the, all the details. Maybe, you know, I don't even know what the whole situation is. But Yeah, me neither. You're telling me those guys don't text each other like the whole time? Yeah, no. And I, I think it doesn't help that the, the rap game is so like flooded nowadays. There's just like an unlimited amount of rappers. It's like every day I hear a new name that I've never heard before and people are praising this new guy. And I think you look back in the day, there was like 10, 15, 20 big rappers. So I think what they had to say matters a lot more than what your modern day rappers have yeah. to say like if Lil Pump is going to throw a diss at somebody I, I don't think anybody's going to be too phased by it because he's just another 
he's just another name in the game. Right, like, I mean, when, when M, you know, took shots at Pump, I think a lot of, like, people don't really care about that stuff anymore because they'll be like, oh, Eminem is corny yeah. for doing that, you know? And I feel like 10 years ago, it would have been the opposite. Um, that would have been taken very yeah. seriously by both sides, by both fan bases. And yeah. I feel like you just don't get that anymore because everyone's like, who cares? It's just music. Um, but then yeah. I don't know. You look at the whole Drake and Pusha T thing. I feel like that kind of goes the other way. We'll never know. I don't know. I feel like when you're that big and you have such large networks and everyone's kind of connected in a way, I just don't see how, you know, there's at least a level of scripting to every single thing. Yeah. No, I, I think that's definitely true. I mean, even, uh, one just, that just came to mind is, uh, oh, who was it? Well, it was Joyner mm-hmm. Lucas and uh, Tory Lanez, right? That had the like diss battle back and forth last year or two years ago, whenever that was. And like even that whole thing, like at the end of it, they they both admitted that they were just doing it for fun, like they're just yeah had nothing better to do. So they dropped a couple diss records at each other, and it's just I don't know that that just lays into exactly right. what you're yeah. saying here. Um, I don't know because, and you know, once again. I respect all artists and everything, but I just feel like at least half of the prominent um, artists in hip hop right now wouldn't even be allowed 10 years ago. No, no, definitely. So that just shows you how rapidly the entire culture has changed. Um, The entire stance of everything has changed, you know? So. I'm excited to see where it goes in the next 10 years. I I honestly I have no idea what to predict because even 10 years ago, features were something where you had to be like, okay, is this going to bring down my artistic integrity if I collaborate with such and such? I feel like that doesn't exist anymore either. Everyone's working with everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Kanye and Lil Pump and, you know, those like 10 years ago... 15 years ago that would have been crucified yeah yeah no for sure and yeah no it's just i can't think of any genres that have or that do develop and evolve the way rap has over the past what 40 years now like you look at like the 80s versus the 90s versus the 2000s versus the 2010s versus like now like the 2020s that we're going into it's just each like time period is so distinct i have pop mm-hmm. pop music is like that to a degree i guess they have like 80s pop and 70s pop but like there's not a lot of genres that have that diversity and just keep developing and evolving in the way that right like, yeah it's just it's such a young music has. genre relatively but it's got so much depth and history yeah. to it already like i'm right now i'm hosting a um a tournament on twitter it's we have you know it's just a, like a large scale thing where I've got 128 people, you know, representing yeah. a, a different rapper, and you, they were all like, "Oh, what are we gonna do?" Because there was like a whole draft and everything, and they were like, "What do we do if we get like a, if we don't get a top 50 pick?" I'm like, "Do you guys realize how many talented artists have been in this genre? Like, I could name you yeah. 250 no. guys that like you could you be know, picking have, at 100 in that draft, huge waves in in the history. So like, yeah." One guy was like, who is Cameron? I'm like, man. 
um what else i think uh i don't know if you want to talk about you dropped a new single uh, that was a few weeks ago now i think but it was about a week and a half just just over a week now yeah yeah um dealing with uh sleepyhead and animus Animus and yeah okay sleepyhead yeah yeah Um, so kind of the whole process behind that was um just you know i thought okay we're all kind of confined into our homes right now um i'm sure a lot of people are feeling lonely and you know wanting to have a little extra connection so i was just like hey let me bring people together on a song so what happened was um the outro on b by common where he has all the kids uh talking about what they want to be when they grow up that was kind of where i drew inspiration for the track i was like i want to do something like this yeah and so um how the idea came about was you know i i had heard that beat shout out to roadie for making it I heard it and I was like, okay, this is nostalgic. This is taking me back. And that mood is just what comes, you know, automatically to me. Like I'm a very, I reminisce a lot. You know, I think about my childhood and you know, school years and a, a lot. So, you know, whenever I get into that zone, it just, it comes automatically. I go really in depth into it. And so I was like, let me bring that out onto a track. And then once I came, I, I came up with my verse, I was like, this can't just be me. So that's when I reached out to Sleepyhead. That's when I reached out to Animist. Um, I'd always wanted to work with both of them. And just being from very different backgrounds, all three of us, I was just like, this is the track where we can bring ourselves, bring our different perspectives, but talk about something that, pretty much everyone can relate to so that's how it started off the three of our verses and then I, and at first i was gonna have all the skits if you listen to the song there's 25 skits on there um and those are basically yeah. voice clips that you know each individual person sent in to me so 25 people sent in those clips and um at first i was gonna have them at the end just like commons track but then i was like no i'm gonna use them to kind of serve as the transitions between the three verses and so that's how it came about it was just a step-by-step process there wasn't really i mean i did have a general vision for the track before i started it but it was mostly i think Mm. what's going to be special about that track when i look back on it you know maybe years from now is it was truly step-by-step break by break if you want to say that you know it was just everyone's contribution as soon as it came in i was like yep this is a spot on the song this has value and it's really just the sum of its parts um i think everyone tried to be genuine with it it didn't matter if what you said was three seconds long or if you had an entire verse um i think everyone brought something real and whatever the track is now however people perceive it it's really just you know, the summation of all those things. Yeah. Have uh, have you been using the this quarantine to make a lot of music or have you been chilling yeah, out and I have, some time um, for yourself? I'm back home now. Um, so over here, I have like a, I have a studio set up 
Um, so I've been practicing. I have I I took this week off though. I just wanted to take a step back and get a break. But yeah, I've got yeah. like four or five tracks I'm working on all at once. I'm kind of just doing them bit by bit. You know, if if I if I feel like okay, my mind's not really in the zone for this particular track right now. Let me hop on to the second one. Let me hop on to the third one. That's kind of how I'm going at it. It's like piece by piece. Yeah. Um, just cause, you know, okay. I don't really concentrate on one thing at one time. I want like several things out there. And then whenever I'm in a certain mood, that's the song I'm going to approach. So yeah, some exciting yeah, I things. I feel like sense. the concepts come easy to me, um, in terms of storytelling, in terms of themes, it's more of the technical skills, the flows, the delivery that I'm trying to work on and refine the delivery is honestly, the toughest part about um, being a hip hop artist at this level, I feel, because you know anyone can write lyrics. Um, you know, you can all kind of, you know, develop a decent flow after some practice. It's the delivery, though. It's it's that enunciation, that breath yeah. control. Those things are tough, and I have a long way to go with those. You know, so it's just about practice, repetition, with anything. Yeah, the definitely skills that come with time. You know, you'll one day it'll feel more natural, yeah. and you won't have to think about it so much. I, I would assume, yeah. anyway, as most things. Right, it's just my favorite life. artist. He can, you know, do a hundred verses back to back off the top of his head. So sometimes it's kind of demotivating looking yeah. at that. But then I'm like, hey, listen, like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a whole different. That's a whole different species right there. Yeah, that's 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 a yeah, whole different level. So. I don't like there's many who can rap like Wayne. Yeah, anyway. so these days, you know, I don't really follow the bigger artists as much. These days, I'm more interested in getting to meet artists like me and seeing, man, there's so much talent out there. It's ridiculous. There are people oh, who yeah. make the most brilliant music but get like 50 views on a song and so one of the th one of my goals yep. um wherever i go with my platform whatever i want to create something you know that kind of brings out those artists gives them a chance as well so whether that be through putting them on my own tracks or just giving them some sort of platform to where they can get the attention they fully deserve i mean there's guys that are what you make way better music than I do know what they're doing way more than I do, but they have, you know, 1% of the reaction, 1% of the um, following. So sometimes it's just like, yeah. listen, like I have these many followers. Now I have this much attention on me. I got to do my thing. I got to, you know, kind of a duty in a way to, bring the limelight onto other artists as well that I, that I've worked with or just who I kind of get inspiration from myself. Damn. Yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for that. I think you're definitely right about just the amount of raw talent out there these days. It's like there, there's so much that you can find if you're willing to look for it. And I think I, the struggle, I think a lot of hip hop artists probably have is just getting noticed and getting, that attention but the like there's so many talented people who definitely aren't getting the credit they deserve for the work they've been doing yeah. i mean i'm telling you like the craziest 
music I've heard this year has been from people with like less than a hundred views on the tracks. Like, you know, it's just, it's insane. If like the more you go digging for it, the more like gems you'll find, there's just a whole boatload of, of talent out there. Yeah. Damn. Any, any specifics you want to I mean, shout out? I'm going to stick to hip hop Twitter just because, you know, I don't want to name random SoundCloud artists and whatnot, but <laughs> Animus for sure. I mean, he works every day. Yeah. Always. He has a very unique sound he's already developed. And so I'm excited to see where he goes with that. Sleepyhead yeah. is, my gosh, he's got this one song called uh, Black Boy, Black Girl. When I first heard that song, okay. I- I had to sit down. I had to sit down on my couch and I was like, wow. I mean, I listened to that 10 times in a row just on the first listen. I mean, truly it was something where, and it's a, it's like a five, six minute song, long song. You know, people don't really listen to songs that, that long these days, but just the emotion yeah. she brought out in it, the storytelling you could tell she'd lived through every single word she said on that track. So that was just like, that was where, where I was Damn. like, no, I need to work with her one day. So, you know, God bless. I got, I got her on memory lane. So definitely her, a man, um, sound mind and wordplay. They always bring the bars. So go follow them. Um, I'm sure a yeah. lot of people know who sound mind is in the community. Wordplay 187 is another. Yeah peer of mine those guys bring the punchlines. they bring you know those those lines that make you do a double take and you know make you make you gasp so yeah. those four for sure then you got julian who's a talented producer he just dropped a project this month uh, this past month that was a trip to a whole new dimension so i mean there's just talent everywhere even within hip-hop twitter yeah. even you know i feel like if we all kind of start to appreciate um, these artists that we have in our community, there's so much that that can be done out of that. You know, I think the support oh, I, that I we get, sure. the appreciation that we get, even if it's one person a day saying something, it means a lot to us at this level. So, and I think that goes for anyone um, who's making music and starting off right now, like to hear from people. That's yeah. something you remember for a long time. For sure, yeah. Damn. I uh we uh actually have an interview scheduled with Animus, I think uh I want to say this Man, Wednesday. It's funny because when I did um, the um interview for Groovy, he came right after me on that too. So that's pretty funny. Hopefully we continue that oh, really? trend for years to come. One day I'll be on the Breakfast Club or something, and then he'll be like the day after me. That that'd be dope if we, we ever get the next day. Yeah. No, I definitely for sure. Um, I would love to do an EP with Animus. You know, I feel like if we just bounce back ideas um, to each other back and forth. I don't know. I'm looking for y'all. Got to ask him that. Ask him that on Wednesday. <laughs> I will. Um. I'll, yeah. I'll set it up for you. I, I need some credits on, on the song though, or the EP. <laughs> um, what uh, What's behind your name? Like Low Brick, where does it come from? Yeah, so it kind of just started off as a joke. I was like, 
Cause I, yeah, quite honestly, like when I first started rapping, it was just I was making a troll parody mixtape rapping over Soldier Boy beats, and so I was just okay. like, man, this is like this is just gonna be a one day thing, and I was like, what what do I call myself? I'm small. I'm brown. Okay, little brick. Um, but then, you know, as time went on, you know, certain things happened in my life, certain experiences, you know, I went through a lot of changes, ups and downs, backs and forths. I was like, I'm at a place in my life where I feel like I've endeared quite a bit, but here I am and there's so much more to look forward to. So God bless. And, you know, I want to I want to just cherish that, you know, cherish the fact that I'm still here, cherish the fact that there's always going to be another day. And um, that kind of just helped me come up with the new concept behind the behind the name. Yeah. Of just taking things, you know, step by step, day by day, brick by brick. We all have a place in this world, you know, just like every big mansion is nothing without each of the little bricks that go into making it. You take one of those out, like the building just isn't the same. That's that's just how the world is as well. We're all connected, even if it's a you know a huge direct connection that you can see at the surface level, or just you know the tiniest conversation, a wave, a hello, stuff like that. You know, so I think just appreciating the individual. Sure, yeah. That's something I want to spread through music, through my platform, through whatever outlets I can, because I think a lot of people. They just need someone to listen. They need someone to tell them, hey, listen, like you have a place, you have potential, you can bring something to the table, even if you don't see it right now. So that's kind of what I just try to stand for, vouch for, just, you know, embracing the individual, embracing the potential I think we all have. So, yeah, little yeah, bricks. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. We're all little bricks by, by you know, my perspective. That's dope. Uh, that's cool. Questions here if you want to yeah. go on those. All right. Uh, what's your favorite song, like, of all time? Um, you know, I would say I'm going to exclude Wayne songs because those would be, like, the top 1,000. But um, <laughs> Kid Cudi, Day and Night, just because it's what introduced me to hip-hop. Um, it was the first song. Yeah that I wrote down on paper and I wrapped it to my mom when I was in, when I was in the fourth grade. So it's always going to be, I feel like the first oh, one always has some sort of special meaning. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, let's take it a step farther. What's your favorite song of yours? The next one. <laughs> oh yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I only have answer. two official singles out like the stuff I did before that. I don't like, I don't like yeah. talking about. I kind of just pretend it didn't exist. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Of the two I have so far, I mean, they were very different. Thinking Twice was made in a studio with the producer, with me, and he's one of one of my best friends. So it was a whole different experience. Memory Lane was kind of just me in my studio, Animist over in his, Sleepyhead in his. It was like all the whole email exchange thing. So there were two different experiences. Yeah, yeah. But I'd probably pick... I'd probably pick Memory Lane, yeah. Yeah, what's your favorite sport? To watch football, to play basketball, even though I'm horrible at it. Hey, but um, on a side note, 
cricket is underrated. So I'll just what else we got? Uh, fame or fortune? <sighs> fame, if used in the correct way. If I can okay. bring other people with me, if I can, you know, give a voice to people who deserve a voice, then yeah, fame. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite album of the year so far? Funeral. I probably could have guessed that one. Yeah. Uh, best album ever, all time. So I have three different definitions. I have best, greatest, and favorite. So best is just like purely like, okay, yeah, this album was just amazing to listen to greatest kind of accounts for you know influence and impact and all those contexts all those things so if you're just asking the best i'd say good kid mad city yeah or nomadic one of those two i know they're kind of easy picks but they're easy picks for a reason yeah exactly i say that all the time um i was gonna ask who your dream feature is but if i had to guess it's gonna be wayne Wiz, I'd love to be in the studio with. I mean, obviously Wayne is number one, but Wiz would be number two. Yeah, just yeah, I feel like, like a he he's very different um, as a personality. I feel like he's a little more. I feel like you know you could hit up a conversation with him, and he'd genuinely be into it. Yeah, he he seems like a super chill guy. Yeah, and I think um, he has the best fan base as well. For sure, yeah. Like, his, like, hardcore fans are dope. Um, what else we got? Uh, you said football's your favorite sport. Who's your favorite team? They won't like this one. So I used to be, I mean, it was the Patriots, but I don't really watch football anymore. Okay. Um, when I first came to America, they were kind of just the first team that I saw on TV, and I liked the blue and red of their uniforms. I was, like, five years old, so... That's just how it came about. But I know everyone's going to say, oh, you're bandwagon. So I won't even talk about it. <laughs> um, what's your favorite Wayne album? My favorite Wayne album is the Carter Five, just because I waited four years for it. And yeah, fair enough. You know, I've got like five different versions of it on my phone. So hit me up if you want <laughs> all the other ones. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Drought 3 is probably, like, if I were to introduce someone to him, I'd, I'd go with the Drought 3, even though it's not an album. Yeah, but anyway, man, um, I appreciate um, you for giving me this opportunity, for sure. To everyone out there, stay safe. I know you've heard that a hundred million times already, but <laughs> um, we're all going to get through this. I think we are all getting through this. I think things are on the upside, so let's just uh, keep it going day by day, step by step. Break by break. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, everyone, feel free to follow Lil Brick at, I believe it's Lil Brick CEO. Yes. Um, um, and go ahead and stream Memory Lane on all streaming services. Please do. And um, as far as new stuff, I'll probably try, I'm trying to drop a single every month. And then I have a couple features coming out this month as well. So stay tuned for those. Stay tuned for those. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thanks, man. All right, no problem. Thanks for being with me. Have yeah. a great rest of your day. You as well. All right. All right. So for this week's album review, I'm going with another frequently uh, requested one from this year. We're looking at Lil Wayne's Funeral. And Wayne is, he's really an artist that needs no, you know, 
uh, background. If you're a big enough fan of hip-hop to be listening to this podcast, then I'm absolutely certain you know about Lil Wayne. Um, so let's just get straight into this album. Funeral was actually an album I was particularly excited for. I like the Carter Five more than anybody in my friend group, and I've often been called a Lil Wayne stan. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, Weezy's one of my most listened to artists, but I don't think I go above and beyond in my support for him. Anyways, though, I'm rambling. The point is, I like Wayne and Funeral. Had me pretty excited. Um, this solid feature lineup includes Big Sean, who I'm also a huge fan of, uh, Lil Baby, 2 Chains, Adam Levine, uh, and more, and that only heightened my expectations for the album. Then, um, of course, it dropped, and I was considerably underwhelmed. We're just about three months on from the album's release, and I haven't spun, like, a single song from it in nearly a month. I, I think its biggest shortcoming is probably something Wayne has struggled with his entire career, and that's that it lacks brevity. Uh, the album is far too long. At an hour and 16 minutes, it, it simply becomes boring nearly halfway through. And once again, I believe that this could have been an incredible project if it was, I don't know, half its length, perhaps? Um, but instead... The listener is kind of just faced with listening to that signature Wayne flow on repeat for over an hour, and the features really don't do much to, uh, you know, contrast this complacency. And nearly halfway through listening, it's just... I find myself looking at the track list to see if I'm almost done, and the sad part is I never am. Um, the album definitely does have some shining moments. I, for one, do enjoy the collaboration between Wayne and um, Rune 5 frontman Adam Levine. I think they complement each other nicely uh, to form you know, a sad and relatable anthem in Trust Nobody. The second half of Piano Trap is some of the best rapping I've heard from Wayne since, like, Dedication 6. Um, that flow goes so hard. Uh, but, but when it comes to most of my criteria for writing an album, this just misses the mark. It's, it's too long. It's not very cohesive. It's stagnant. The features inspire nothing more than a slight sigh of relief that we get a new sound. And realistically, I don't find myself listening to this album mere months after it dropped, so... I don't get the impression that it's going to withstand the test of time, considering it's already sounding old. Um, despite all of this, though, there are some positives from a less serious approach. It is fun party music that you can definitely turn up to. Uh, I Do It is an incredible track as well. Forgot to mention that one earlier with uh, Big Sean and uh, Lil Baby there. Um, overall, I do think this album really does just teeter right on the edge of mediocrity. It's, it's not terrible. Uh, it does lack most of the standout qualities required for a good album in my books. I think, I, I don't know, especially following, you know, such a, such a long wait for the Carter Five, and that album was maybe a little underwhelming to some. I thought maybe this would be a good bounce back opportunity, and uh, maybe Wayne was going to put a little more effort into it, but it, it just seems like uh, it's pretty up to speed with everything we've heard from him so far, which is a lot. Wayne has a massively extensive uh, catalog. It's it's one of the biggest discographies I can think of. So, I mean, maybe his sound is getting a little old to people, and, and fair enough. Uh, I don't know if his sound's necessarily getting old to me. I still revisit some of his older stuff quite a bit. I just, uh, I don't know, this album really wasn't what I was hoping for. And, you know, it, it, it's not bad, though. Like I said, it just teeters right on the edge of mediocrity. Um, and for that reason, I'll give it, I'll give it a 6 out of 10, I think, is a fair rating for this project. Um, it's not bad, as I said, but it's not very good either. Thanks for listening to the Stay Tuned Podcast, everybody. I've been your host, Anthony Canonico. 
Stay Tuned is produced and edited by Brady Kelly. Special thank you to my correspondent, Kristen Dukich. Check out more from Stay Tuned Media at staytunedmedia underscore on Twitter or at www.staytunedmedia1.wixsite.com. Thanks again, and remember to stay tuned for next week's episode.